your parents know that you listen to the evil rock music. You're an American teenager, for God's sake. Welcome to Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. I'm your host, Melissa Olson. Episode 4, Back to Haunt Us. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some things that I might have left out. Some things that might help you understand exactly the direction I'm taking this show. I realize I jumped in a little too quickly. We'll discuss the music from Season 1, Episode 4, The Deer Hunters. We'll hear from English teacher and literature lover, Kristen Trippy, And as always, I'll give recommendations for what to listen to next in Spinning in Stars Hollow. So grab a cup of coffee. It's time for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. First of all, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to me talk for 20 minutes a week. You're here, and I am so, so amazed. There are about 20 of you that listen every time for the last three episodes, and that means so much to me. And you've all been so responsive, giving me great feedback, telling me exactly what you're missing on the show and what you'd like to see in the future, ways in which I can be more clear, things you'd like me to incorporate from the show, questions you have. Please, please, please keep it up. Send me messages, make comments on the blog. I would love to have a segment of my show dedicated to answering a question from a listener. So keep that in mind. And if you ever think of anything, just go ahead and shoot me a message or leave a comment on the blog or on Instagram or Facebook, and I'll try to get your question answered. One of the reasons I started this podcast is because I love music. Not only do I love the show Gilmore Girls, but I love the music on the show. I love looking back at my life so far and realizing that my passion for music grew because of this TV show. That's not something that happens very often in your life. Sometimes people who love books will read a series and it changes the way that they view literature. Sometimes people will really love movies and then they see that one film that really makes them want to be a filmmaker. I know I'm not making music, But the more I listen to music, the more I appreciate music, the more I feel like I can understand other people, the more I feel like I can feel the things that other people feel, or at least have more empathy for those feelings. And I think that Gilmore Girls does a great job of incorporating those kinds of things into the storyline through the music. And that's why I started this podcast. I hope that that's been clear. If it hasn't, I'm going to try my best to do better in explaining why I think songs were in the seasons where they were, and which characters they were associated with, and possibly why a producer would have selected a specific singer or a specific time period, things like that, just so that it can maybe help you understand the characters with a little bit more depth, maybe in a different way than you had thought of before. The character of Lane Kim in Gilmore Girls is a great example of why I fell in love with the music of this show. She's fearless, she's determined, she wants to know everything there is to know about the history of rock and roll, the history of punk. Um, She doesn't seem to have guilty pleasures. She likes what she likes, and she knows why she likes it. She can make connections to the history of the songs that she loves. It's pretty amazing. One of my favorite Lane moments is from season three, when she's seeking a band. She posted an ad in the newspaper, and she fields calls at the Gilmores. Let's take a listen. No, wait, wait, wait. Progressive rock is a really passe style now, but I listed it as an influence because it was a progenitor of great things that came afterwards. I mean, I contend that you could draw a straight line from Yes to Jethro Tull to The Jam to Nirvana, bing, bang, boom. Who are The Jam? 
that's disturbing. I think it's pretty clear to see that Lane is one of the most underappreciated characters on Gilmore Girls. If you don't agree with me, I intend to prove it to you throughout the course of this podcast. Episode 4, The Deer Hunters. This episode has a lot of references, along with the music actually played. This is also one of the first episodes where we see a lot of integration of the Sam Phillips La La La's and other interlude music. Our first reference comes in the form of classic rock on the harp. No Black Sabbath. No one is listening. No Black Sabbath, no Steely Dan, no Boston, and no Queen. <sighs> what happened to make you so cold? We like that Mozart. I am the Artie Shaw of harpists. The harpist we hear here is Drella, played by Alex Borstein. She was originally intended to play Suki St. James. She had conflicts with working on Mad TV, but the writers still wanted her to be on the show. And the role of Drella was born. She also appears in later seasons as the fashion consultant for the elder Gilmores, Miss Celine. However, the most impressive thing to me is that when Alex is playing the role of Drella, you almost always see her actually playing the harp. That means not only can this woman act, but she can play classic rock songs on a giant instrument that she can roll across the floor. So, are you a B-52s girl? What? <laughs> no, I'm a klutz girl who should not drive with coffee in her hand. <laughs> I, um, had this in the car. This isn't the first time we see an article of clothing used as a music reference. If you remember in episode one, Lane was seen putting on a t-shirt on her way to school, a Woodstock 99 shirt. Now, it's a little confusing because it doesn't seem like something that Lane would have been able to get herself, and it makes you wonder where she would have gotten it. But it does make sense that Lorelai would have a B-52 shirt, even if she just threw it on because she had it in the car. She was definitely a fan. The first song we actually hear that isn't just an interlude or a reference is Wilco's My Darling. this song late in the evening after Lorelai has stayed up studying for a Shakespeare test with Rory. It's been a lot of work. We watch Rory go into the living room and finding Lorelai asleep on the couch. She covers her up with a blanket, then goes back in the kitchen. Then the opposite happens. Lorelai goes into the kitchen to find Rory asleep, and then she sits down and falls asleep at the table. use of this song is one of the more literal references that we see throughout the show. The first line being, go back to sleep now, my darling. When we're looking at the two main characters going back and forth, falling asleep while they're working really hard towards a really difficult goal. The song reinforces this, having this almost lullaby type feeling, maybe giving the impression that they not only need that type of rest, but they deserve it too. Now the next song poses an interesting conundrum. It's listed many places online as Wendy by Wesley Yang and Gavin McNett. I haven't been able to find any recordings of it, and I can't hear it well enough on the episode to really understand what it sounds like in the first place. So I'm just going to take the word of all these other fans online. If you know anything, make sure you let me know so that I can correct it in a future episode. 
This song is also listed in the credits of episode one, the pilot, when Rory's cleaning out her locker at Stars Hollow High. But in the Netflix version, you really can't hear it at all. On the DVDs, it's very faint. So again, I really have no way to ID this song. But in episode four, Lane is in her closet when Rory calls, asking some questions about notes she may have left. Hello? Did I leave a set of my notes at your house yesterday? Where are you? I'm driving to school. I I need to check something and I can't find some of my notes. Okay, hold on, let me check. The problem is once Lane leaves that closet, it's really hard to hear what's playing on her stereo. I'm just dying to hear what that song actually sounds like, instead of it just being backgrounds and noise in an episode. So if you have it, if you have access, please, please let me know. Send me a message on my blog, gilmoregirlsoundtrack.wordpress.com. Send me a message on Facebook, or find me on Instagram and send me a message there. Seriously, I really want to hear this song. Hey, what do you think about Pat Benatar? Great idea. Can she play the harp? And that's really the last of the references for this episode. But if you're into Pat Benatar, be sure to stick around until Spinning in Stars Hollow. I might just have a recommendation for you. Today's guest is Kristen Trippy. She loves reading. Like, a lot. Just like Rory, she reads almost all the time. Graduations, baseball games, you name it. She's always reading. And I love her for it. It doesn't matter that she's going to be my sister-in-law soon. I'd love her anyways, but I feel extra lucky that I finally get a real-life sister. Here's Kristen. When I was a little girl, I had always really enjoyed reading. My dad and I, along with my brothers, we would have book readers club in our household, and there was a little jingle my dad would have us sing. It went a little bit something like, Book Readers Club, Book Readers Time. It's time to read a book today. It's Book Readers Club, Book Readers Club. We'll read another day. So then came that magical year in about third grade. It was the summer of 2000. Uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire came out, and I just kept hearing the news constantly about Harry Potter this and that. We went through that book series. Now walk smooth. That's a new Harry Potter on your heads. If they should drop, Harry will die and there won't be any more books. It was what really, truly sparked my passion, my love for reading. And as I was growing up, I always loved English class. It was always just a place for me to relax because in my other like hard sciences class, math classes, I always had to know exactly what was happening, why things worked one way or another, whereas in English class, you always had the opportunity to read a book, interpret it, and once you got to interpret it, you had your own opinions, and then that allowed you to go ahead and defend your position, so there was never one right answer. So as I got older, I continued to read, I would bring a book everywhere I went. There's always two types of books, my English class books and then my fun reading books. And my fun reading books go with me everywhere. I always have a book in my purse. God, this weighs a ton. What do you have in here? I don't know. A lipstick, $5 bill, gum, hairspray, a book. A book? Yeah. You brought a book to the dance? Yeah. You thought there'd be a lot of downtime? No. I just take a book with me everywhere. It's just it always helped me because back then you didn't have the smartphones. I didn't have a smartphone until about mm, August of last year. So this allowed me to be able to do something as I was waiting because I get very antsy. So 
those four minutes in between class and high school, I would always have a book ready. Or when the teacher wasn't ready to start class, I would have my book open. Or in band class, when my band teacher would have the percussion or the brass instruments play, I got in trouble a few times because I would typically read. Behold, in theaters now, the thing that reads a lot. So when it came time for me to go off to college, I decided to become an English teacher. Okay, next up, the test, the dreaded test. Shakespeare, the man we've been droning on about for the last three weeks, finally comes back to haunt us on Friday. When you watch Rory in the show, you never actually get to see her read because it's not really exciting, you know, to see that on film. But instead, you have to just assume that Rory reads. When you see her, along with her mom, they always make allusions. You can see that she is reading, that she is progressing, that she is growing up as you, the show goes on. Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Love is not love which alters when it alteration finds or bends with a remover to remove. Oh no, it is an ever-fixed mark that looks on tempests and is never shaken. It is the star to every wandering bark whose worst unknown, although his height, be taken. You're going down. The remarkable thing about Shakespeare's writing is how methodical he was when he did most of his lines. So sometimes he wrote in prose, but predominantly he wrote in iambic pentameter. And when you break down the phrase iambic pentameter, you're looking at five iams, which is an unstressed syllable followed by a stressed syllable. And so you do that in one line five times. When you are reading Shakespeare out loud, whether it's a sonnet or one of his plays, the unstressed followed by the stressed syllable causes your voice to go up and down in a sing-songy pattern. What happens then is you get this rhythm going and it becomes more of like a slam poetry type of feel and it helps the play or the sonnet that you're performing to progress further. When I was in high school, I was in the Shakespeare competition and a lot of times when I would perform my monologue, I would really get into this mode of performing those each word because it followed this pattern and it made me really get into it. This relates to music because it's as you're going from this very rhythmic pattern, it allows you to think about rap or it allows you to then think about how in music, every line that the person sings, there's emotion behind it. There is a rhythm that they're following with the background music playing behind the singer. Really, you start when you're performing, getting this flow and you are doing a performance just like as if you're singing a song. When you are analyzing the words of Shakespeare, take the time to really look at how is Shakespeare wanting you to read this? What is the flow? How do you follow that rhythmic pattern that typically you can find in music? It's time for Spinning in Stars Hollow, 
where I give you recommendations for music that you might like based on music you either heard or was referenced in this episode. You can always find these songs on the Spinning in Stars Hollow playlist, which will be on my blog at gilmoregirlsoundtrack.wordpress.com. Today, we start with Rome from the B-52s. was most definitely a B-52s girl. Formed in 1976 in Athens, Georgia, the band was known for its new wave style music. This song was their second top 40 Billboard Hot 100 hit, reaching number three in 1989. Next up, we have a song that should make fans of Drella happy. If you're cheering for her to get to play some more popular music, this might be right up your alley. It comes from Pat Benatar, and it's called Shadows of the Night. Shadows of the Night was released as the lead single from Pat Benatar's fourth studio album, Get Nervous, in September 1982. Prior to Pat Benatar's version, it was recorded and released in 1981 by two other singers, Helen Schneider on her album Schneider with the Kick, and Rachel Sweet for the album And Then He Kissed Me. Benatar's version outshined them both, reaching number 13 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and number 3 on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart. Benatar also received her third Grammy Award for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance in 1983 for this song. If you like the B-52s, you may like this lesser-known track from the 1978 debut album from The Cars, which also brought us hits like Good Times Roll, My Best Friend's Girl, and Just What I Needed. Here's Moving in Stereo from The Cars. While Moving in Stereo may have received some minor radio airplay, this song was not released as a single. It is better known for being used in the film Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which, coincidentally, Lorelai watches when she stays over at Jason's apartment in season four. I wonder if this is Lorelai's favorite Cars song. Down. 
Last up on Spinning in Stars Hollow this week is for fans of Wilco. Here's The National with About Today. Today You were far away And I Didn't ask you why The National was formed in 1999 in Cincinnati, Ohio. About Today appears on the 2004 EP, Cherry Tree. I was far away You just walked away I'm Melissa Olson. Thank you for joining me for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. To read the show notes, go to gilmoregirlsoundtrack.wordpress.com. Be sure to follow along on Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud. And if you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, just go ahead and leave a comment on the show notes, and I'll be happy to chat with you. Until next time, friends. To losing you.